At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got three tremendous hours coming up for you as we've got for you a little bit of NBA. We're going to be talking some NFL as we've got Wild Card Weekend coming up. We've got a nice Wednesday in college basketball as well. So we've got a little bit of everything going on and we're going to be getting the NFL really going in about 15 minutes. Frank Schwab, who does amazing work over there at Yahoo Sports, is going to be joining me along with David Behrman. He is the deputy editor over there at ESPN Chalk. So we're going to be taking a look at these wildcard games and trying to see if they've got more answers than I do in terms of who's going to be the quarterback in some of these AFC games as well. As That's right now one of the biggest question marks that is surrounding wildcard weekend. For that matter, really all those AFC teams that are going to be on the road facing a lot of question marks with the Mike Williams injury for the Chargers as well. So we're going to be diving into that in about 15 minutes. Our number two, Tom Cunningham. He does absolutely amazing work as a tremendous sports statistician. I know that he does some great work on really all fronts. He is joining me to talk some baseball. He's joining me to talk college football. He's joining me to talk NBA. list goes on and on. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking a little bit of everything with him. Try to get you guys some plays for Wednesday. Get you guys some plays for the weekend. So, And it's going to be a lot of fun in hour number two. And I believe that he is now the main man over there at runyourpool.com as well. So he's going to be joining me in hour number two. And then in hour number three, we're going to be talking to Ryan Kramer, who does amazing work with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Also taking a look at the NFL. And on top of that, I sold Tom short. We're also going to be taking a look at some Australian Open as well. That is something that I failed to mention because we give you guys a little bit of everything here. I personally am not a tennis better, but there's money to be made, whether it is in the Australian Open, whether it's in the NFL with these wild card games, whether it was yesterday's college football national title game, or it's some mundane baseball game in July, the KBO, you're able to go down the list. And that's a big mantra with this show, just finding a way to be able to make money since I am a lover of some of these smaller college basketball games. When you get like the Patriot League, the MEAC, you're able to go down the list. It's always a lot of fun to be able to take a look at those. So we're going to give you guys a little bit on the Australian Open tonight as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And what is a just reoccurring theme in sports is 
everything is always all good until the injuries start to take hold. And that is something that we're really going to be talking about in a few minutes because right now the biggest question marks that we've got coming into the wild card round of the playoffs is what we're going to be able to get out of some of these underdog teams with the Chargers. Just mentioned it, the Mike Williams injury. It seems as though the injury isn't quite as bad as expected, but that said, certainly something worth taking note of. With the Miami Dolphins, it's the Tua situation that is happening there, and I'd be relatively surprised if he gets cleared to be able to play, but that said, it is something to certainly take note of with the Baltimore Ravens. It just takes on a life of its own with Lamar Jackson. You had a little bit of fear that the contract negotiations, it might lead to, if he gets injured, perhaps a little bit more caution. I don't know what's happening there. I Report this with zero sources whatsoever. I will make that disclaimer right now, but I have to think that that's having a little bit of an effect as to what we are seeing right now with Lamar Jackson. In fact, that he has not been out there for over a month. Perhaps it was just an underreported injury, which it felt like, man, they're thinking Lamar Jackson might come back and miss like only one game. That seems a little bit optimistic. Now it seems like we're on the long end of sort of that timeline as well. And, it really just takes hold in all sports. Like, you'll notice if you've been listening to the Greg Peterson experience, something I don't do a whole lot of is the NBA. And the big reason why is because injury information in the NBA, overnight you have a little bit of it, but you don't really get that confirmation until just before tip-off. I always say that it's best to bet the NBA in-game as well because you just get these wild and crazy runs that do happen. And in-game betting is something I've been taking a little bit more of a look at. I don't do a ton of it, but I'll bring up my one college basketball live betting look that I've been taking a look at all year long, and it came through once again on one, on Tuesday. So we're going to bring that up. But that said, it's been really, really difficult to be able to gauge the NBA this season. I'm sure anyone that has been betting it, anyone that has been even just taking a look at it casually from a fan perspective, whether you're a fan of the LA Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks, you're able to go down the list. It's just so frustrating trying to figure out who in that is actually going to be in the lineup or not. And that's right now two-thirds of the battle when it comes to handicapping the NBA. So that has been of intrigue. And mentioned that I've got my one live betting angle in terms of college basketball. And it comes through once again. The old Georgetown Hoyas. You heard me mention it on the show yesterday. The best way to bet that game between they and the Seton Hall Pirates was Whatever Georgetown does in the first half, take the complete and utter opposite in the second half. And boy, it rang true once again. It was a tied-up game, 27-27 to 27 at the half. And then Georgetown, as I like to say on this show, made like your buddy at the bar. Boy, did they not close. And I'm not even talking about closing to be able to win outright. I'm talking about closing to be able to cover half, 9 insert your number here, because they didn't cover any of them whatsoever. And... It just is something to always be tracking when it comes to some of these teams. Like, Georgetown gets up nice and early. Things are looking very solid for them. You're thinking, man, this might be the time that Georgetown finally comes up with the cover. Eh, no. Not the, not the case at all. And you just find some of these teams. And there are just some cases where the second half meltdowns, they are so frustrating that it's not even funny because... You think that you've got a trustworthy team. You're banking on a team that they shoot it well at the free throw line. They don't commit a lot of stupid mistakes. And then all of a sudden, they commit stupid mistakes. They're completely out of character. Those are the ones that make you want to tear your hair out. It's why I shave my head, so that way I don't have as much hair that I need to tear out. But man, just never really a fun time. But then there are those teams where it's just like, yep, you can bank on it time and time again. I always make my joke with the... L.A. Chargers that they've got the curse of 60 minutes. Whenever it was Mr. Anthony Lynn in there, and for that matter, even under Brandon Staley, we've seen quite a bit of it as well. Whenever the L.A. Chargers, it feels like they're in a one-score game with two minutes remaining because typically their games are on CBS. When it comes to CBS, what they always do towards the end of the game is that they alert you that and 60 minutes is coming up next everywhere except for on the West Coast. That is their cue to do something completely stupid. If they're on offense and they're down by like three points, that is the time in which Justin Herbert, Phillip Rivers, insert your quarterback here, throws an interception. If they're on defense, if they're up by three points, if they're in a tie game, what have you, someone is going to get burnt like toast and they're going to give up something absolutely massive. And 
all of a sudden your bet is going to just completely fade into the abyss. And it's rang very, very true for the LA Chargers. That's a team that you're able to bank on a little bit more. And then there's always the opposite. We've got our Minnesota Vikings who have been so, so good in those one-score games. If you're looking on a college basketball sort of landscape, it is the Providence Friars as well. And I do think that it is something worth taking a look at. I mean, there's only a certain amount of times that you can have one-score wins, that you have comebacks, that you've got teams that on the opposite side, like the Chargers and the, the Georgetown Hoyas, where it's like you can only have it happen so many times where it's coincidental until you realize, oh, okay, this is just exactly who they are. They can't close out games to save their lives. I need to take this into account in my handicapping. And the absolute irony of this Giants versus Vikings game is that you've got probably the two best teams at being able to Houdini their way into wins this season. The Giants, they've been a little bit more stable towards the back half of the season, but the way that the Giants were able to get it done towards the beginning part of the season was that they just found a way to hang around, hang around, hang around, make it a one-score game, and then Brian Dable, because he knows what the heck he is doing as a coach, and I would put him right now as a top-five coach in the NFL with the way that he has pretty much dragged a bag of gravel into the playoffs, which that deserves a lot of credit in and of itself, and I'm probably selling short a little bit, Saquon Barkley, Danny Dimes, all those guys, but you take a look at that wide receiver core of the New York Giants, if it's not the worst wide receiver core in the NFL, it's certainly in the bottom five. I don't think that there's much debating bottom five with the G Giants. And yet somehow, some way, here they are in the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings, 11-0, one-score games. Should they be in a normal circumstance, 11-0? No, but there are times where it's like, yeah, this team is able to pull out games late. You take a look at things like baseball, what have you. And there's a reason why there are some teams that they always win those one-score games. And there are some teams that... They lose those one-score games. They've got clutch hitting. They've got a really good closer. And with the Minnesota Vikings, they've had a really, really good field goal kicker at the back half of games. They've been able to do a good job of executing. And I think the Kevin O'Connell has been sold a little bit short as well because we talk about when it comes to best coaches in the NFL. No doubt about it. And Mike Tomlin avoiding another losing season. How he continues to do it. Nobody knows. But once again, I do think that there's something to it when year in and year out, you're finding a way to be able to get a team above 500. I mean, the team that made the playoffs last year for the Steelers, that was pretty much the skeleton of Ben Roethlisberger in a jersey that said Roethlisberger on the back half of it. That was not him. And yet somehow, some way, they were able to get all those wins here in the back half of the 2022 season. They did a tremendous job to be able to close above 500. And you take a look at Kevin O'Connell, he's dialed up the right buttons for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, Kirk Cousins looked a little bit more shaky towards back of the season, but there is something to it, and I just think that there's so much more importance to it. When you take a look at some of these teams, you fool me once, shame on, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I think that that's how it goes. I might have I might have gotten it mixed up there, but you always have that mantra. But when it's like it's happened five, six, seven times, the only fool is the person that is not taking this into account and thinking, man, you know what? There might be a little bit of something to it. And I do think that we need to take a look at that Giants versus Vikings game because I personally am hoping for a little bit of a line move on this game. So I currently do not have a play on it, but we will see if David Behrman, the deputy editor of ESPN Chalk, or Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports does as they join me next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the birdie. The current betting splits data want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game while the betting splits page has updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. That way, you can see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Be able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Check out the betting splits page at vSIN, which is another way to make you a smarter, better year-round, and you're able to do so by going to vSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by our guests as we've got David Behrman does terrific work over at ESPN Chalk as the deputy editor. And then we've got Frank Schwab does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports. And gentlemen, it is great to have you aboard. And let's pick up with the game that I left off talking about last segment, the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants. I personally do not have any play right now because I think that it's a perfect number for this game. It's the... Number that the last time these two teams met up, it landed on this number. Three, with the Minnesota Vikings being the favorite. I will throw this to you first, Frank. Where do you stand on this game? And do you see any sort of a lane, uh, any sort of lean one way or the other? Because I just take a look at the Vikings and anything below three, I think there's value on them. Anything above three, and I think that it's a case where they're probably going to be fighting themselves in a spot where they win but don't cover. Yeah, you're probably right. It is a really good number. And I will say I'm leaning towards the Giants. I look back at that first game, and yeah, they lost by three, but outgained them by 100 yards. It was just two turnovers and a block punt that really turned that game. Play by play, the Giants outplayed them. The story of the 2022 Minnesota Vikings, right? Like, they won the game, but somehow didn't deserve it, but still managed to get the W. I'm not one of these people who just likes dunking on the Vikings 24-7. We all know they're out in front of their advanced stats are not as good as their... We all know this by now. We do not need to keep telling Vikings fans how bad their team is, okay? I don't think the Vikings are that bad of a football team. They're just not as good as a wreck. And I think they're capable, especially at home, of winning this game. But when I really look at it, I like the fact that the Giants got some rest last week. Brandon Staley take notes. I, I just, I think the Giants win this game. I really do. Or, I mean, it's a really, really narrow runway to say, you know, I th- I'm going to take a plus three, but the Vikings are going to win by less. Than the- I- I'll just say that I think the Giants are, are alive here. And I think... uh I think I'll be sprinkling on the money line here too. Yep, and I want to throw this at you, David, as well. How do you view this Vikings team? Because I do think that we need to give them some credit for pulling out all these one-score games. To Frank's point, I don't think they're as good as their record is, but at some point when you're able to pull out 11 one-score games, 
there's something to it because it just doesn't happen like that on accident. But at the same time, if this is a number that is above three, absolutely, I love the Giants. Anything below two and a half, I think, once again, it's a field goal game. At some point, that the one-score game is going to flip. You saw it with the uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders this year after they were 7-0 last year at one-score games. They couldn't buy one this year until uh, the lateral that went bad against against the Patriots. But you never know with the Minnesota Vikings. Are they good enough to win this and make a run? Yeah, they are. They've proven it. They've proven that they can win. Are they as good as 13-4? and four? No, they're not. You're not going to win every single one-score game all the way through the Super Bowl. And to be honest, you know, Frank, Frank and I read the same stuff, and I completely agree with him. You look at the box score in the last game, the Giants outplayed the Vikings. They had more yards than them, and if it wasn't for the turnovers and the block punt, the Giants would have won that game. But as Frank said, that's what the Minnesota Vikings do. I look at these two teams from a statistical point of view as pretty much even, which is you throw a little to the side with home field advantage, and you had a three-point game. I'm going to take the points just like Frank is because I think, statistically speaking, these two teams are even. Both teams have proven they can win close games. And if not for, hey, you know, 61-yard walk-off field goals, which you don't see every single day, then the Giants win that game. So I think the Giants are live here. And if you look at the first round overall, and we're going to hit all the games, I'm not going to call for many upsets in the first round when there's a clear distinction between the good teams and the lucky-to-be-in-the-playoff teams. I think here you actually have an upset in the making. And whereas I don't think the New York Giants are very, very good, I think they're good enough to win this one against the Vikings. It's the perfect matchup. If they had faced San Francisco 49ers, I would have said something completely different. And I do think that another game that is of intrigue, and we can take a look at this game with a pair of teams that they sort of backed their way into the playoffs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, they were able to get that win against the Carolina Panthers two weeks ago to be able to ice their way into the playoffs. But, man, they have not really played well all season long for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott has been giving away a lot of interceptions recently. And right now with the Dallas Cowboys, you're finding them in a lot of spots between a two and a half and a three point favorite, depending upon where you're shopping. It's been moving around a little bit throughout the week as most of these have become two and a half now. But Frank, where do you stand on this game? Because I do take a look at the Cowboys and I was liking what I was seeing a month ago. I was really liking what I was seeing a month ago. I am really not liking what I'm seeing right now. And I just have a tough time backing Tampa Bay at the same time. Yeah, I, I'll let you know here. Uh, I'm a stubborn guy. I, <laughs> I I get dug in sometimes, and I stick with it. I, I, I'm going to tell you about the Dallas Cowboys here. We overreact to everything the Cowboys do. It's just the way it is. They lose one game in Week 18 when they knew they had nothing to play for. They know that the Philadelphia Eagles not being the Eagles. They knew this. They're, they have nothing to play for. Sleepwalk. They look terrible. I'm not going to try to defend them. But it was one game. All of a sudden, everybody wants to fire McCarthy, get rid of Dak, all this, because it's the Cowboys. Let's take a step back, take a breath. This is a team that won six or seven games before that. A month ago, like you said, Greg, looked like one of the best teams of football, in my mind. Were they great down the stretch? No, they weren't, but I think there was some boredom that set in. They knew they weren't going to catch the Eagles. That window opened a tiny crack, but they, but they knew, okay? I think the Cowboys are a far superior team than the Buccaneers. I keep hearing like, oh, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady's going to be so dangerous in the playoffs. Well, you just got to get... This team is awful. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 8-9, and nine and we're lucky to get even to 6-7 wins. I, you think about how many games they pulled out in the last second when they got outplayed, but Tom Brady puts together a miracle drive and they win. This happened to them time after time. It's not sustainable. They're not good in any way. Their offensive line isn't going to be able to block the Cowboys' front four, which if the Cowboys can get that front four going, that's the key to their whole team. It's not only that I like the Cowboys more because I think there's an overreaction week. I really do. I think this line is a terrible overreaction to Week 18, a game the Cowboys had no interest in winning. They really just, that was just whatever. They, they don't care about that game. And it's also a fate of the Buccaneers. My favorite game on the board by far, and maybe I'm just being dumb. Maybe I'm just overlooking the flaws of the Cowboys. I get it. Dak hasn't played well. They haven't been blowing out teams like they were four, six, eight weeks ago. This, to me, though, is still a total mismatch. Buccaneers have shown me no reason to take them in the playoffs. Yeah, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are the worst team in the playoffs, in my opinion, just yep. talent-wise. And, well, they've got the worst record in the playoffs as well, so that backs it up as well. But, David, I just I take a look at these teams when they get a home playoff game as well, and there just feels like there's a little bit of a different environment. I am not jonesing to take the Buccaneers, especially now that it's down to 2.5. At 3, I think that I could make maybe a little bit of a case for it at 2.5. I need this thing to get back to three to even consider it. But where do you stand on this game? Because it is a Cowboys team that's backing into the playoffs a little bit. They haven't looked their best. And it's a Buccaneers team that, well, they haven't looked good all year long. 
I know, Greg, that you don't have the two of us on to, to, to agree on everything, but we're going to agree here again because the <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst of the 14 teams. It's not even close. They don't belong in the playoffs. I think I, I was on two weeks ago where I, I took the Panthers against the Bucs, and for the first three quarters I was correct in that one. This Tampa Bay team is terrible. They're not good. Now, if you were to say, hey, I'm going to give you Tom Brady and points at home in the playoffs, 999 times out of 1,000 I'm going to take Tom Brady at home with points in the playoffs but I'm not going to take them here. Here's the 1% because they're not a good football team. Frank just outlined all the reasons why we're on the same page here. And I don't think either one of us are being stubborn. This is not a very good football team. Frank said exactly what I was going to say about an eight win team that really should have won five or six games where they needed Tom Brady magic in the fourth quarter, just to win a couple of those games against really bad teams. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. Nobody in the division belongs in the playoffs. And we talk about the 14 team field, them being the worst. We have Jacksonville and Miami on the other side. They're, they're dead last in their own state. They're not a good team. I know they got TB12 back there. They don't have a good offensive line. The receivers are banged up. Fournette's 110 years old. The defense is as overrated as any defensive unit we've seen in a long time. Could they win? Sure, they're at home and they have Tom Brady. The Dallas Cowboys are a much better team. I know they can show you that they're the Dallas Cowboys at times and show you that they're the Dallas Cowboys at other times. Uh, but I do think it is an overreaction to last week's game as well as the fact that it's Tom Brady at home in the playoffs. This team didn't look good last year in the playoffs either when they lost to the Rams, uh, pretty much got their butts kicked by the Rams at home. So I would not be surprised to see a repeat of last year's loss the same way with Dallas coming in, who might be just as good as the Rams were last year. Yep, this is such an intriguing matchup, and we've got about a minute for this one. Frank, we're going to throw this to you with Seattle versus San Francisco, with San Francisco being a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that this is a mismatch, but how much do you take into perspective the narrative of it's tough to beat a team three times because that is my lone holdup on this game? Yeah, I don't at all. I mean, stats prove that that's not really the case. I'll be quick on this one. Seattle can't move the ball in San Francisco. <laughs> They're not going to score more than 10 points. San Francisco all day. They're just smashing teams right now. I hate laying this big of a number, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, but it's just a really tough situation because you've got a San Francisco 49ers team that they have crushed the Seattle Seahawks twice. And the Seahawks, I think, have actually seen all three quarterbacks because I think that Trey Lance got got injured in that first matchup against the Seattle Seahawks and haven't had success against any of the three. So that's not a ringing endorsement for the Seattle Seahawks. But if there is a ringing endorsement for the AFC, it is that you've got some top flight teams that are going to be in action on uh, this weekend and we're going to be talking about them next with Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Look, most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches, they might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and it's tobacco leaf free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest to you at Zen.com. That is ZYN.com today and warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and it is great to be rejoined by Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk. And David, I will start with you on this one. You're a man that you're very well connected with the Miami Dolphins. I know that that is your team right there, and we've seen this line come down. The Miami Dolphins, they started out about a 10 and a half to an 11 point underdog. Now we're finding this between 9 and 9 and a half. How do you view this game? And, well, the bigger question is, who in the heck is going to be in at quarterback over at Miami? I think the decision on quarterback is obviously still out there, and the line is trickling down a little bit because, for one, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be ready to play. Does he have a bad pinky finger? Yes, but he was dressed last week, and he should be ready to play this week. And on the other side, Tua still has a chance to play. I know tomorrow is a big day there to see if they can get him into stage four and get him out there sweating into, into football-related drills. And, you know, it, the game is really going to come down to which quarterback is there, but that's not the only issue they have. And, and I talked about it a little bit off air. I think with Tua in the game, should he play and should the team allow him to play, they have really is the shot to win because it's proven already. They've played Buffalo twice this year and both were one-score games in which they won one and had a lead late in the other one. If Teddy Bridgewater is your quarterback, he's serviceable. He can keep them in the game, but they won't win it. 
And if Skylar Thompson's in there, well, you saw it the last couple of weeks. I don't need to get into how bad they looked on offense <laughs> with Skylar in there. But it, to, to be honest, Greg, it's not just the quarterback that's the issue. Raheem Mostert has a broken thumb and probably is not going to play. Teron Armstead, who's one of the best offensive linemen in the league, has 17 different injuries and may not be able to play. Another offensive lineman's out, and the defense is banged up. So right now, and it, that's not even including the fact that both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waller are both playing with numerous injuries and fighting through it. So there's injuries across the board, specifically on the Miami offense, and the defense hasn't played the way they should be playing all year. So that's the major concerns going in that game. But to your point, it, it starts and begins with whether Tua plays or not. And that's why I think the line is moving a little bit, because if he plays, you're going to be one of those guys who wants the 9.5, 10, 10.5 points in that game because they can keep it close. If he doesn't play, you're going to be one of the guys that want to delay the 9.5 or 10 points and not even think twice about it. Yeah, Ben, I want to get your thoughts on this as well, Frank, because I do take a look at this Buffalo Bills team, and man, I mean, you want to talk about a whirlwind of emotion for them the last week and a half, everything that happened with Tamar Hamlin, and then they get two kickoff returns for touchdowns in the first game without him as Hamlin. He's making a really good recovery, just one of the best stories in sports that's going on right now, and I think that it's just so intriguing to take a look at this game because you know that that is going to be a raucous environment Miami, they are heading into a buzzsaw, if I am going to put it politely. But with that said, last time Tua ended up playing in Buffalo, we were all having fears about the cold weather and everything like that. He played really well. We don't know if he's going to go or not. We don't know if it's going to be Skylar Thompson. Sounds like from our good friend David that it, we're probably going to be able to, at minimum, get Teddy Bridgewater. Where do you stand on this game? Because I think that's a hard one to bet, and it just requires knowing who the heck is going to be playing quarterback for Miami. And that's what makes it tough for me. I think David wrapped up the Dolphins really, really well. I'll say this, an interesting stat jumped out at me when I did a little bit of research, that since the Beastquake game back, I think that was 2011 season, yep. there have been 13 double-digit, let's call the Dolphins double-digit right now, double-digit underdogs in the playoffs. Those teams have gone 2-11 two, two against the spread. There's only been one a straight up upset. And that was, uh, it, it's alluding, oh, Tennessee against Baltimore a couple of years ago when the Ravens were the number one seed. So double digit underdogs in the play. Usually I love taking double digit underdogs in the NFL, but that trend has not been good for about 11 years. So I, I really don't love the, the idea of taking the Dolphins, not knowing our quarterback is, especially because I don't think it's going to be too, uh, just too risky there. But also the Bills, look, they, they, they've been good for sure. But, you know, you mentioned the two kickoff return touchdowns. Well, they needed two kickoff return touchdowns to beat the Patriots at home last week in a game where they needed to win to cause that whole neutral site AFC championship game thing. So, I don't know. I really have no feel but for this game right now. It's one of the six on the board that if I had to skip one, this would be it because I just it's, it's hard for me to lay it all with the Bills, not knowing who the Dolphins quarterback is going to be. Yet, you know, the, the big, big, big underdogs in the playoffs have just not fared well lately. And we just talked about one team from the great state of Florida. How about if we take a look at a game involving another one as we've got Chargers and Jags with the Jaguars. They come in super duper hot, by the way, being able to win the division after things were looking very, very bleak at the beginning part of the season. And for the Chargers, they're a one-point favorite in most spots. I'm seeing a straight two at DraftKings. David, I want to get your thoughts on this game because last time we saw this matchup, the Chargers got completely thumped at home. That was really a coming out party for Trevor Lawrence. And with the Chargers, it sounds like that Mike Williams injury isn't as bad as it looked at first. But I take a look at this Chargers team, and I like the way that they close out the season. I can't trust in them because their coach is Brandon Staley, though. Yeah, and like Frank said a second ago, if he's going to pass on one, it was going to be the Dolphins-Bills game. If I'm going to pass on one, it's going to be this one because every part of fiber in me wants to take the 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 uh, Los Angeles, I almost call them San Diego, the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers for everything I have, because I don't think Jackson is a very good football team. And if you look at the rosters top to bottom, just on the field, the Chargers are the far superior team when it comes to talent across the board. But having money on the Chargers is one of the most uncomfortable, dirtiest things you could possibly do, because yes, they have Brandon Staley as their coach and Chargers just do Chargers things. And to think for a second, that I would have money on the Chargers in a playoff game on the road laying points just makes me really, really ill. So it's a pass for me because I can't consciously take Jacksonville because I don't think they're a very good football team. They should have lost to Tennessee last week if not for the pick six and uh, the scoop six, and I have absolutely no idea why they were passing in that environment. But that's a total another story. If, if they don't go back to pass, 
and Josh Dobbs doesn't sit there like a sitting duck. Jacksonville's not even in the playoffs, but I cannot put my hard-earned money on laying money on the road with the Chargers and, and worry about Brandon Staley going for it on his own 10-yard line for no reason whatsoever. Yep, there is no disagreement from me. I do think that the Chargers are the better team in this spot, but I can't trust in Brandon Staley to save my life. I'm not sure if you, Frank, are able to or not, but it's a no for me. I actually really like Jacksonville in this game. I, I, I'll give you the quick reasons, Brandon Staley. I, I think if Mike Williams and Joey Bosa play, they're not 100%. It was just a total mistake last week. I don't know what they were doing. Also, if you look at some of the advanced stats, like net yards per play, DVOA, it'll tell you the Chargers were overrated all year. Now there's reasons, injuries, they're getting healthier. But it says Jacksonville is a better team. I think Jacksonville's problems last week were they were nervous. It's a young team. They've never been in that spot before. That was a playoff game last week. So now they have some playoff experience. I think that's going to be really, really good for them going forward. And I do like, I like the way they've played. The only game they've lost lately is against the Detroit Lions, which we've seen now that there's no shame in losing to the Lions in Detroit. I really like this Jaguars team. I get it. Chargers, a lot of talent. If they end up winning by 14, it wouldn't blow me away because, you know, Herbert, Allen, Williams, Bosa, all these guys, Derwin James, I love him. But I just don't trust the Chargers. I think Jacksonville wins this. Yep, I don't blame you there. I just, I can't trust in Brandon Saley to save my life. I think that there might be a little bit more talent on the Chargers side, but having that unknown of the coach and knowing that Doug Peterson has been able to win a Super Bowl in recent years, that has me feeling warm about the Jaguars in this spot. And then the other game that we're seeing out there in the AFC is the Ravens and the Bengals. And we were talking about quarterback questions with the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Well... David, I don't know if you have anything on the Baltimore Ravens, but you let me know because this has been a perplexing situation. They were saying that Lamar Jackson was going to be out for like one game at first. I thought that that was a bit generous. This seems to be going on for a really long time, though. Yeah, we're going to find out in the offseason. There's something more there than we know. We probably all think we know it anyway, that he, you know, he, he, he doesn't have a contract and doesn't want to get you know, banged up. and. It is what it is. We can worry about that in the offseason. But personally, I don't think it matters who's going to start at quarterback. The Bengals are the better team. You've seen the Bengals have been one of the hottest teams in football the last two months of the season, playing at a level that they played late last year where they made the runs of the Super Bowl. And the Ravens, you know, you build an offense around Lamar Jackson, and then he doesn't play. And people go, oh, well, Lamar might be back. Well, he has not practiced in six weeks with every little tickle in his knee that he has. They're not ready. And he, without practicing – it's not a game plan you can do, and I'm not worried about it if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals because if Lamar doesn't play, you, you actually don't know who's going to play quarterback because Huntley's banged up as well. Uh, you know, Did they split the season series? Sure. The Bengals dominated that game for three quarters last week before letting their foot off the gas. I think they dominate this one, and, and outside of betting against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the Bengals are my favorite play this week. Yep, and we've got just about 30 seconds here, Frank. Any sort of a read on this game because – just so hard not knowing who's going to be going out there for the Ravens. Yeah, I, I, well, me and David are going to have a, a rare disagreement because I, <laughs> I do like the Ravens and the points. The Bengals had five games this year where they had less than 300 yards of offense, twice against the Ravens of those five. So this Ravens defense is good. They've been good ever since that Roquan Smith trade. I think they could keep this low-scoring, ugly, stay in the game. And kind of like David talked about, you want that big number with the Dolphins in case Tua plays. Same with the Ravens. If Lamar Jackson's practicing tomorrow, I think this line goes down, so I'm going to take the plus seven. Absolutely, and it's great to be joined by Frank Schwab, who does great work at Yahoo Sports, and David Behrman over at ESPN Chalk. He's their deputy editor, and coming up next, we turn it to college basketball, taking a look at some Big Ten college basketball here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the start of the new year, BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lives, lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a hockey, football, or basketball fan, BetRivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Big thanks to the two gentlemen that joined me in the last two segments. Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chalk. Great to be able to take a look at these wildcard matchups and what is going to be a very, very interesting week in the NFL. And very rare that we have this many quarterback situations that are TBD when it comes to this time of year. But with that said, we do have that going down right now. But it was great to be able to get their thoughts. They do an amazing job taking a look at the game of football. So big thanks to both David and Frank for joining me in the last two segments. Now we've got to turn it over to some college basketballs. We've got a big slate. We've got north of 60 games on the board coming up in hour number two. Going to hope to eat up a little bit more with the DK Nation picks. They've gone a little bit cold the last few days, so we're going to look to get back online. But first things first, something that is always hot and heavy is Big Ten college basketball. So let's take a look at a matchup that has a pretty low total for Wednesday, and it's very rightfully so that this game has a low total. We go 745, 746, Rutgers on the road against Northwestern. Northwestern is a one to one and a half point home underdog. Tallest game is anywhere between 125 and a half and 126. There are some things that you need to see it to believe it. I was talking about this a little bit earlier in hour number one when you see something happen many, many times with a team just deteriorating towards the back half of a game, towards the back half of the season. You need to see evidence to the contrary in order for you to think otherwise about them. And Northwestern, it feels like every single year they get off to a relatively solid start out of conference and then in conference, things go straight down the toilet bowl. Now, they were able to stabilize. They've gotten wins against Indiana and Illinois after they looked horrible against Ohio State. But I still need to see it to believe it from Northwestern. I'm going to fade them here. I said Rutgers has a two and a half point favorite. Both of these teams have been absolutely supreme on defense. Northwestern, as a matter of fact, they've been one of your top defenses in all of college basketball. Giving up 80-plus points to Indiana wasn't necessarily the world's greatest showing, but even with that taken into account, in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, this is a Northwestern team that they're clocking in towards the top half of all of college basketball. They are number four with this regard, and Rutgers, well, they are number three in all of college basketball, which is why... You are seeing such a low total. Now, I will say this about Rutgers. In terms of points allowed on a per 100 possession basis, they are giving up right around 16 more points per 100 possessions on the road rather than at home. But I do think that they're going to do a good job of locking down a Northwestern team that's only shooting about 32% from three-point range. Chase Odige has been solid in shooting about 37% from three-point range for Northwestern. And I do like the game of Boo Booey as well. It's a Northwestern team that they've done a solid job giving away only about 11, 11 and a half turnovers per game. So not too shabby with that regard, but I also think that they're going to get manhandled down low. Cliff Amarui averaging a double-double for Rutgers, right around 14 or so points, 10 rebounds, and got a Northwestern bunch. Of, you've got Robbie Barron and Matthew Nicholson, who have been able to combine for about 12 and a half rebounds per game, but leaving a little bit of something to be desired on that front. It's a Northwestern team that they certainly are 
taking a lot of threes, about 25 per contest in terms of percentage of their shots that come from three-point range here towards the top among power conference teams. And you got a Rutgers team that you've got three different guys that give you at least 1.8 steals per game. And Northwestern, they've been able to generate swipes as well, but not at the pace of Rutgers. Rutgers in the top 12 in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers forced on a per-possession basis. You've got Paul Mouke, who has been a very soft for the team in half points, four assists, 1.8 steals per game. And then Caleb McConnell and Cam Spencer combined for five steals per game. That is the most steals among a combination of players in all of college basketball. Spencer has been able to shoot 97% at the free throw line and 44.7% from three-point range on top of that. He has been absolutely remarkable. Caleb McConnell, not quite that on offense, but he is able to give out three assists. He chips in there 10.5 points per game when you're able to throw in there. Someone like an Andre Hyatt, who's been able to also give you right around 10 points, four and a half boards. It does make Rutgers a very, very versatile team. With Rutgers, they themselves only shooting about 31.5% from three-point range, but they lock you down from three as well. With Northwestern attempting so many of their shots from three-point range, the fact that Rutgers is eighth in the country in opponent's three-point shooting percent, that yields even more credence, in my opinion. So it's a spot where... Even though this total is low, I don't think it's quite low enough. You've got both of these teams ranking outside the top 220 in terms of possessions per game. So you're going to have a very, very slow game, in my opinion. I sub my total at 125. I'm diving under with Rutgers. Set them as a two and a half point favorite. So I'm also going to be willing to lay the small number. When it comes to the slate for Wednesday, on top of some Big Ten, some Big 12 action, we've also got some ACC action. And I do think that. You've got some very, very fascinating games on the card, including the good old Florida State game. As Florida State on the road facing off against Wake Forest, this is 743, 744 on the board. Florida State opened up an 8.5 point underdog. We've seen the money coming on them to this point, as this number is now down to 7.5 total on this game between 150 and 150.5. And when it comes to Wake Forest, set them as a 9 point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it with Florida State. Certainly a much better effort out of them recently as compared to the beginning part of the season. Florida State just snake bitten by injuries. If you were to take a look at the injury report, you could probably make a pretty good starting five out of it as you've got Cameron Fletcher on there. They've been without Papa Miller the entirety of the season. They've been without Jalen Ganey the entirety of the season. They've now got just so many guys that it's like, man, it would be really nice to have them, but they've got their trio that has really been out there for the entirety of the season, doing a solid job. Matthew Cleveland, Caleb Mills, Darren Green. They combined for 41.1 points per contest. Cleveland has been able to give the team a double-double in five straight games. He has been tremendous. He chips in there a steal. 43% three-point shooter. Matthew Cleveland, a former top 50 recruit that up until his most recent stretch, especially with his disappointing freshman year, was not living up to his billing. He certainly has been recently, so you got to give some credit where credit is due there. You've also got Darren Green shooting 42% from three, 86.5% at the free throw line. Then Cameron Mills is more of the floor general for the team. Three and a half assists, 1.8 steals per game, but with so many missing pieces, it's a Florida State team that they're not able to do what they love to do. Typically, they've got like nine, ten guys in their rotation. They're able to have hockey-style line shifts. They're able to just utilize their size. You've got Naheem McLeod, who's seven foot four, but only plays about 16 minutes per game. Conditioning is not great. They will give you a block and a half for contest, but three and a half rebounds, four and a half points per game. You need to get a little bit more out of him. And for Wake Forest, you do have someone in six foot ten, Austin Carr, who gives you right around 10 points. He's able to can some threes. And the, in my opinion, most well versed player out there on the floor is going to be Tyree Appleby. He's eaten good in the neighborhood with 18 points, 5.8 assists, steal and a half shooting 46.5% from three-point range. Jamari Monsanto is able to shoot about 38.5% from the outside. It is a Wake Forest team that they're leaving a little bit of something to be desired, but you're able to say the exact same thing about Florida State. Florida State, as a matter of fact, I believe that they've been a little bit worse on defense as Florida State 262nd in all of college basketball. In terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, it is a Wake Forest bunch that ranks more around 219th, but for Wake Forest as well, they're giving up 14.8 points fewer per 100 possessions when they are at home. So they've been able to do a relatively solid job of locking down at home. You do have a Florida State team that maybe they would get to 70 plus points in out five out of their last six games. So 
maybe been able to do a little bit more of a solid job on that front, but having someone like a six foot four Cameron Ildreth who just does it all. He had a triple double a little bit earlier this season when Wake Forest faced off against Hampton. He gives you twelve points, six half rebounds, three assists. I really like his game. You're able to throw in there someone like a Davion Williamson, who's shooting 90% of the charity stripe, 41.5% for three. And I do think that they should be able to take it to Florida State. Florida State, just not the team that you'd expect them to be. Typically, just a ton of depth, ton of guys coming at you left and right. You're not getting that now. And I do think that money's moving in the wrong direction. I set my total more around a 150. So here at 150.5, barely looking to go under on the 150.5. But that said, when it comes to the side, I did make this a line of Wake Forest being a nine-point favorite. So now that we're getting seven half instead of eight and a half, all the more value for me. I'm going to be willing to lay it, and I'm going to be taking a look at the 150 and a half under. And that does lead us into our pro tip for hour number one. Vsin.com slash subscribe for all these. You're able to sort them by show and by sport. And when we were talking with Frank Schwab in the last segment, he brought up something very interesting. Teams that are a double-digit underdog in the playoffs, you've really only seen two covers over the last decade or so. That was when the Tennessee Titans were able to get the job done against the Baltimore Ravens. And I do think that there should be more caution taken in taking these big underdogs at this time of year because now you've got the favorites in a do-or-die situation. Now you've got the favorites firing all cylinders. They have home field advantage. So I think that taking a look at these bigger favorites is something that you want to do a little bit more now as it feels like they've been much more trustworthy in the postseason. And hopefully we can be trustworthy with the DK Nation pick for this college basketball Wednesday next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.